What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and this week is a big week. Why? Because my book launched this week, and I'm so excited. And what better way to celebrate it than with a little bit of a plot twist surprise for all of you? I thought it would be cool, which I haven't announced this on any of my social media yet, but I totally read my audiobook. I don't know when that will be released yet, but... Chapter one is going to be released right now, today, on my podcast, and it's called The Narrow Path, and it's literally the opener that sets up the whole book, and I want to say that if you haven't purchased Holy Revolution yet, you can purchase it on any platform that sells books, Amazon, my website, you can purchase it on barnesandnoble.com, Target, all of these fun random places, Christian bookstores. Um, If you purchase it from my website, jamielinwalna.com, you can actually get a t-shirt too, and they're really cute, that I designed and drew, and I think you'll enjoy those. And you can use Tribe2021 for a discount because you follow me on social media. So I want to encourage you to go get this book. I hope you're encouraged by chapter one. This is the coolest thing ever. In the same week, not only is my book being launched, but my husband and I are getting our firstborn son, aka a golden doodle puppy named Remnant. And his name will be, his name's Remnant, but we'll call him Remy or Rim or Remnant, depending on the mood. (laughs) But I hope that you'll join me and celebrate by listening. Share this with your friends. If this, hopefully chapter one will set you up to want to listen to chapter two and three and four and five and blah, 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 blah. But I do believe it gets better and better as the book goes on. Maybe I'm biased, but... Thank you for being part of this tribe and celebrating. And so go buy a book. Buy your friends a book. Go get a cool t-shirt and book combo on my website. Subscribe to my email list and catch other fun things that are going on. But other than that, I just want to say thank you for being here and enjoy chapter one of Holy Revolution. Finding true satisfaction in living a life set apart. Chapter 1, The Narrow Path I grew up in a church environment where we did not talk about miracles or Jesus being a friend to us today, where controversial scripture was not read about from the pulpit, and where I thought the Holy Spirit was a Catholic thing. I also remember knowing there was so much more to him than I was seeing. Deep down, I wanted all of him, but had no grid for what that really meant. This book is proof that God is real and can transform anyone's life. On the outside, I was a kind and loving Christian girl. However, I was insecure, doubtful, prideful, judgmental, depressed, gluttonous, hurtful, filled with self-hate, drank more than I should have at times, and cussed because I thought it was funny. Then Jesus came along and used the foolish things to confound everything I thought was right and to confirm that everything I longed for in him was actually real. I've been liberated from my weaknesses over and over again and strengthened by Jesus alone. The word of God has transformed me. And as I behold Jesus in worship, prayer, and the word of God, I am constantly transformed. For those who are weary of the charismatic church or streams or way of life, I totally understand. I used to judge the very people I run with now because I genuinely did not know any different. I'm so glad that I laid down what I thought God was like to lean in and discover what he's actually like. The more I learn about him, 
The more I come to discover, I know nothing compared to what I'll know in 10 years if I keep leaning in. It keeps me humble and desperate to know him more. The first time I felt the Lord tell me anything was when I was in college. He told me that I was going to be an author and speaker. It wasn't a casual moment for me. It felt huge and groundbreaking. You are holding the first word and book I ever received from the Lord, and I am so happy it's happening now and not in 2006 when he first shared that with me. He has changed my life forever, and I want to share with you how amazing it is that we get to be part of what God is doing on the earth through his holy revolution in the remnant he's raising up right now. One of the biggest encounters I've had with him commissioned me deeper into the liberating lifestyle of being holy. You're going to discover what God has done and what God wants to do in your own life. There is a generation God is gathering right now, and we get to be part of it. It costs everything to join the revolution of men and women whose lives revolve around the man Jesus and who are boldly going where no one has gone before and doing what no one has done before. So this book paints a picture of how you and I get to be part of it, if you choose to be. Before we dive into the encounter, I want to share a few things with you. A setup. God is coming and he is separating us. Even within the believers, he's looking for those who are willing to lay down everything to walk in uncompromising holiness, love, and the fear of the Lord. He's looking for those like Abraham, who will lay everything on the altar, including fear of man, to be more aware of his presence in our lives. He wants those who won't allow the world to taint their identity because we are so aware of how good our God is and how much of our lives he deserves. It is the path most difficult to take. It's narrow and it's very costly, but it leads to eternal life in Jesus Christ. So few find it. So few are willing to give God their everything so that they can gain everything. The world hands us manipulation, deceit, and division if we're not careful. The American dream in itself is to become a successful businessman or woman who can give to those around them and do more than their parents did. The fruit looks so good on this tree. I've tasted it myself. And while the temporary joys of success and money were great, outside of my true nature in Christ, it led to depression and void and lost passion. Many times it is quite deceiving if we don't keep watering our hearts with the spirit and feeding our hearts with the word. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is a common tree for even believers to continue to eat from. It is all many of us have ever known because it's all that was handed to us from those we've grown up around or because of the things we let in our eye gates and ear gates in media, entertainment, etc. I'm convinced that there's a tree that has been planted for eternity in the hearts of God's people called the tree of life. Many of us have read about this tree in the book of Genesis. The enemy always shows up, handsome, alluring, tempting, and as a great rhetorician. In a moment, if we are not prepared, like Adam and Eve, we can give in to this temptation. When God created us, he said we were good. Everything he created, he called good. Our inheritance in Christ Jesus is to live a life of abundance in his goodness and all things good. To know he is good, we are good, and everything we do is good. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. 
Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Ephesians 2.10, the Passion Translation. We have a destiny that each of us was specifically designed to accomplish with God, which can only be found in Him. We have to stop pursuing dreams in our own strength and slapping His name to it like He's running alongside us. I know that sounds intense, but I've been on that road and it led to some self-inflicted and unnecessary pain. Yet He has a rhythm and timing of all things good on this earth that He longs to create alongside you and me. We cannot fulfill this good calling and these good works without the friendship and lordship of our Heavenly Father. The Holy One. There is nothing like the presence of the Holy One. I've looked and I've searched, and in seasons when I was not rooted in relationship with Him and His Word, I fell. Where I am today is a result of what Jesus has done to me, yes, to me and others. I am a victim of the blood of Jesus Christ, and because of it, I am part of a holy revolution. He desires to ravish you with His loving kindness and friendship. His blood truly speaks a better word than our own strength and goals. All your dreams are nothing compared to the real dreams He has for you. You, my friend, were called to live a life so much more incredible than you could possibly ask for or imagine. He always outdreams us. However, we must first lose this life to gain the one we are called to fulfill for all of eternity. On this journey I have had in pursuit of Jesus, I have seen measurable fruit. I'm not who I was 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, six months ago, etc. I'm consistently becoming more pure and holy. I'm consistently becoming more and more set apart for His glory and His goodness. The best part is, I'm not trying to become any of these things. I just keep gazing into the heart and eyes of Jesus, and He is purifying me along the way. He has my whole heart. He can do with me and this life as He pleases. I get accused, I get laughed at, I get judged and criticized along the way. Jesus warns us about this in His Word. It is worth it for me because I am laying it all down at His feet alongside my husband. The kingdom of heaven will be advanced and the very assignment and calling He has placed on our lives will be completely filled because we are in full pursuit of this man, Jesus. Come to God through the narrow gate because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few find it. Matthew 7, 13 through 14, the Passion Translation. I have wept and wept and wept over this scripture. I cannot believe that we could be so caught up and distracted by the ways of the world that we would ever be caught on the broad path that leads to destruction. The crazy part is that I've been on this path and most of us have been, are, and if we're not careful, can be. Jesus says that nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. It's the narrow gate that is the difficult way, but it leads us to eternal life with Him. This is the core message in His Word that I believe we carry on this earth, and I long to see us all take it together. There are painful and teachable moments of growth on this path, and there are moments of others not understanding that come with it, but it is worth it because it is always with Jesus.
The greatest part is that he knows what that feels like and how hard to make many decisions on this path are because he came and walked this path too. Still, he chooses to walk close with us the whole way again and again and again. The Encounter I went through an encounter with God that completely changed my life in April of 2017. I was directing a global conference at our church in Dallas and really encouraged our volunteers to work in excellence leading up to the conference and to be surrendered to the Lord if he showed up during sessions. I told them we would be Martheries. I would define Martheries as men and women who prepare a place for Jesus and others to dine, like Martha did, but when Jesus arrives, they sit and eat with him. Martha had a gift of hospitality, and we're going to serve with all of our hearts. Mary had a heart to sit at Jesus' feet and forego everything else to do so. We would take both of these incredible women as examples and serve this way. If someone was working the t-shirt table and the Lord was opening a door for them to meet with him, they had full permission to sit with the Lord. If someone got upset that the t-shirt table wasn't being manned while someone was encountering our Jesus, then we would be gracious for their personal deliverance. I'm kidding. But seriously, these scenarios bring up a lot in people. Little did I know that I would be one of the people encountering Jesus in an unexpected way. We had a session where someone had a word of knowledge for a woman named Sheila with flat feet to be healed. No one in the room immediately came to the front when the word of knowledge was mentioned. Then a young man said he had a friend who attended our church named Sheila, so he called her. When he called her, we put her on speakerphone over the mic. A young man at the front who had never prayed for healing for anyone before prayed for her. The funny part is that she was driving and had to pull over because she felt the burning in her feet. She looked down and said through a weeping voice of excitement and awe that arches had been formed in her feet. I was amazed. Something was different about this healing for me. I had seen and heard about healings before, but I was in awe. Our Heavenly Father healed someone's flat feet through the words of someone who had never prayed for healing for anyone before. Not only that, he did it through the speakerphone and into a microphone in a room full of people for someone who wasn't even in the room. I was so blown away by what God did that I felt him and his presence so unbelievably strong in that moment. It was overwhelming awe. I was sitting next to my boyfriend, who's now my husband, and knew what I was feeling could turn into a very emotional time with God if I gave in. In this moment, I felt him present a choice to me. It was as if I could choose to lean into this moment with him or get up and go direct the conference. If I leaned in, it was what I'd been praying for everyone to experience. And if I just kept working, I'd be giving up a moment I could never get back. In that moment, I had no idea the impact my decision to let go would produce, but I chose to lean in. I had so much faith for healing that I ran to find a man in the room who I knew had cancer. Our church had been praying for his healing for several weeks at this point. I laid at his feet and just wept as the Lord showed me a few things that were really beautiful. I was wailing. This is not a pretty and delicate tear time with God. Nope. If you were in the room that held 600 people, you heard me. I was being shown things in heaven that words didn't even need to be said for me to understand. 
It was as if things were being revealed to me in a moment that were so supernatural and peaceful and so divine. I could see the cloud of witnesses and two men who have already passed away looking at me and sharing the heart of heaven in that moment. They showed me how much more I had to learn in the revelations of heaven on earth. I wanted to know more and it deposited a hunger in me. They also gave me information and insight that I will always treasure in my heart. When I was done weeping at this man's feet, I knew the Lord was not done. He presented to me a second time. Do you want to keep directing the conference or do you want to see more? After I saw what I had just seen, I got up and ran to the back office area and continued to weep. During this whole time, it was as if I was the only one in the room and all I could feel was the presence of heaven. I lay on the floor as though there was a heavy weight within me that glued my body to the cold concrete. I was unable to move for three hours. Yes, this even went into the next session time and I'm so thankful that people knew how to step in and help facilitate the conference. You see, there had been many people encountering the Lord in such powerful ways at our church in the weeks leading up to the conference. God was already doing supernatural things through leadership so that it was not unusual for something like this to happen. We had been experiencing a tangible presence of God in the room during our staff meetings. For those reading who may not know what I mean, it was like someone was standing behind us when you can feel someone's presence. We could not see him, however, we could feel him in our meetings. There was an understanding that this was God and it was good, so they just let me be so that the Lord could do what he wanted to do. I remember during the first part of the encounter, I was trembling at the goodness of God. He was physically shaking anything and everything that was not holy out of me. I didn't even know what all of these things were. I just knew that's what was happening. His very presence in this encounter overwhelmed me to the point where I was no longer in the room where my body was lying. I was with my Heavenly Father, Sovereign and Divine Lord. I was in the presence of the Holy. There was a moment when I saw Him take my heart out and give me a new one. He gave it to me whole, set apart, holy, and untainted. Completely new, in one moment, I had a new heart from Jesus himself. Wow. Open heart surgery. He told me that I would need to water it with the Spirit and feed it with the Word for it to stay as strong as it was when he placed it within me. A simple blueprint for wholeness. As the encounter continued, I knew what he was doing in me was not just for me, but for anyone who was willing to receive it. He revealed to me and allowed me to see people through his eyes. I was in a place of lightness. It was like a feeling of floating that would describe the beauty of his love. I could feel his pure, kind, and all-believing love for others. He does not look at us and see our imperfections with a notebook taking notes. No, he sees the beauty of our hearts and how he created us to be, love, and do. Even writing about this time with God makes me giggly and in awe. I can feel the joy rising up from deep within me. He really loves us beyond anything we can possibly imagine. My friend, you are so deeply loved by Jesus. He loves the pure-hearted wholeness that you are made in. He loves you as though you are perfect, blameless, and desires to remind you of it daily. Sometimes the world hands us such darkness that we forget how good we really are. I have a secret to share with you. You are doing much better than you think you are. He delights in every step you take and every move you make. There were three women I remember coming into the room during this time I was with the Lord. 
Every time they came close to me, he showed me how perfectly whole he created them to be. It was as if we had been so distracted by the tiny things in the world that we had each lost sight of how incredibly beautiful and powerful we are in him. He was showing me how he loves us as though we had never sinned. If we could see ourselves the way Jesus loves us, our actions and belief system would be so shaken that we would be unstoppable forces of nature on earth from heaven. We would be exploding with love for people and it would be contagious. I knew that if we truly believed what he sees in us, then we would walk like Jesus did on this earth with so much love and courage, signs, wonders, miracles. Many of us would be on different paths and careers and operating in deep wells of love for others. One of the most life-changing things that happened to me in this encounter was when I started to hear, many are called, but few choose. Many are called, but few choose. I used to think this meant not everyone is called, which confused me. Only many are called, and from that many, only a few choose him. I had always hoped I was one of the called ones. However, what God meant by this shook me to my core. He switched it and began to say, Everyone is called, but few choose. Can we have a Selah moment here for like an hour? You mean that every single one of us is called, but few of us choose? Wow. I began to see people were presented with his goodness every single day in tiny ways. They were presented with his presence at church and most denied him each time because they were not willing to lose everything in that moment for fear of looking crazy. They would look at those crying out in the front, the ones who were truly giving Jesus everything and judge them silently. They did not want to look like that and truly believe they did not need what that person was experiencing. They had everything they needed, a strong business, a flourishing family, all the money they needed, a home, clothing, plenty of food, and they were happy showing up to church and slapping his name on their actions. However, what they didn't see was that if they were willing to choose him in that very moment, if they were willing to lose everything right then, they would gain everything. I love what Patricia King says, God plus nothing equals everything. It is so true. You don't have to believe this right now. You really don't have to believe this just yet. It will never change the truth behind this statement. If we have nothing, but we have Jesus, my friend, we have everything. We cannot have this revelation without knowing Jesus. The ones who were being presented with this presence of Jesus in these moments at church were so desensitized to these moments because they were in the habit of denying him. They were front row seaters, people of influence, people who had their lives together and said they were following the Lord. They were not truly giving Jesus their everything. If they lost all of their earthly possessions, they'd be desperate and a hot mess. I began to weep. Each time I saw the faces of his beloved sons and daughters not wanting to lose it to gain everything, I wept. How could we not want to choose him? Father, how could we not choose you? You are so good and everything you have is good. Your path leads to eternal life but the paths of this world lead to destruction. What are we doing if we aren't losing everything to gain everything? The scary part is most of us, when we're on this broad path, don't even know we're on the broad path. We become desensitized to the spiritual world and his presence in our everyday life. My hope and desire is to break down the revelations that the Lord has given me to help us see 
and taste and know how good the narrow path is. I feel like God gave me a new toy in 2017 and let me discover it with him. Now, he's inviting me to share all the beautiful details of this new toy he gave me with you. It was just a set of revelations in 2017, but now it's a way of life for me. Come to God through the narrow gate, because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. Matthew 7, 13-14, the Passion Translation. I desire people to choose the Lord, even if it looks crazy or scary when He comes. You know when that one person looks silly in service and the judgmental thoughts start coming in like, wow, that's embarrassing, or God, please don't come at me like that. The list goes on and on, but those thoughts alone can withhold an incredible moment. What if it is God and it's how he wants to touch your heart? What if that crazy moment could transform your hurt and pain into joy and wholeness forever? What if that one moment could unleash the dreams, desires, and hopes you have for your future and your family? Better yet, What if you letting go in that moment will reveal to you his dreams and desires for your future and your family? True religion. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James 1, 27, New International Version. Oftentimes, those who keep themselves from being polluted by this world are judged and criticized deeply. I think of how God said it in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, that he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. There were so many times in the past when I was too wise to let the foolish and godly thing wreck me for the better. I judged and criticized others for looking ridiculous and making a scene, so I missed out on the better thing. I even see many Christians blame others for being too religious for not drinking alcohol, listening to certain music, or watching certain things on television. Do we not see a time when the things that represent true religion in the eyes of our Father are the things we must stop judging and start seeking understanding on? Many who blame others for being religious are the ones wrapped and engulfed in the ways of this world themselves and have no idea. The discomfort of the real gospel can make those who feel comfortable very uncomfortable, and sometimes the only way to feel better about their comfort is to accuse or deny how someone else is choosing to live with God. Can anyone relate? I've been guilty of this myself. I am grateful we serve a God who is kind, and His kindness is what has led me time and time and time again to repentance. He longs for us to seek Him so that these things can be revealed to us along the way. My life has changed drastically in so many ways. And 10 years ago, I would have told you the way I'm living now is too extreme. Today, I can't escape my desire to love Jesus. And part of that is not doing things that grieve His heart or things that I genuinely don't think He would do with me. This all has come with conviction and only the Spirit of God can bring this. Not the spirit of Jamie Lynn or the spirit of whatever else that might try whispering. If you feel a tug of change in your heart, don't delay. Respond to that kind and loving voice within and watch how that ripple effect ignites a new way of life for you. The warriors who will be part of the holy revolution won't justify their flesh to stay comfortable. 
This will be a generation that responds to the tiny tug in their gut called the Holy Spirit. This generation will say, God, why are you tugging on me here? Tell me what to do and I will do it. Even if it means laying down something we have loved, 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 because we trust that what he is course directing our time and affection to is far greater. We cannot live this way without knowing the man Jesus. We are in a time when thousands are choosing to take this path with God. That's why he released me to share this with you now. It's time for us to see him so we can know who we are and so that we can advance the kingdom of heaven on this earth for eternity together. There is a broad path that many of us have been on. Think about it. When the shaking comes in life and we're on the broad path, we start getting jolted up against those who are getting shaken alongside us. It's so crowded and the discomfort of the crowding causes us to be at war with one another. Most people choose this path. When we choose the narrow path and the shaking comes, we're not bumping up against everyone. We are able to see that the foundation we're standing on is strong and eternal. We get to be the peacemakers on this world while everything around us is shaking. We are on the path that gets brighter and brighter for those walking in righteousness. We also get to invite others on this path with us. We get to disciple and pray in this massive harvest. Prayer for Holiness Jesus, thank you for a clean and pure heart. I invite you to come clean house in my own heart. As I read this book, will you reveal to me what you desire me to know? I invite you to come into every crevice of my being to reveal who you are and who you say I am. I desire to encounter you, Father. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be one whom our Father finds on this path. I want you, Father, and I need you. Amen.